Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This podcast is made possible by our supporters over on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get your own RSS feed with ad-free shows and extra episodes every month, then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. It is time for our Halloween episode here at Nerd Cave Retro. My name is Jay Spooptacular, Jason Robbins. And I'm just Derek Diamond. <laughs> I, I have no witty Halloween or horror-themed nicknames, so oh, right. just just me. You're Derek, uh, let's see. Um... I'm Derek, first guy to die in the movie, Diamond. Yeah, I like it. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it is the Halloween 2022, and uh, it's finally upon us, and it felt like it snuck up on me this year, even though it's been an, a really good spooky season, been watching a lot of horror movies, playing horror games, just came up so fast. I feel like the first half of October, I don't want to say it went slow, but it went at kind of a, a pretty good pace, and then it just... Like, you wake up and it's Halloween. Oh, I know. The past two weeks have flown by. I don't know if it's just because I've been so busy with work and, you know, trying to get the movie done and working on all the promotional material for it and everything. But these last two weeks especially, they've just, it's been insane. Yeah. Did you get a pumpkin? I literally bought the last pumpkin at the grocery store last. We went to four grocery stores. They were all out of pumpkins. And I got there literally 
the same time as this other guy, but I walked in before he did and grabbed the last pumpkin. And then I heard him just be like, damn it. And he like grabbed his phone and was talking, I guess, to his kids, like, couldn't get the pumpkin, honey. <laughs> I'm like, hey, hey. See, I was thinking you you were gonna do like a a Peter and the giant chicken from Family Guy, just have this huge <laughs> battle royale I all it over. Was, I thought it all was over because he did not seem happy that I picked. I got the last pumpkin in the store. But hey, I mean that's just the luck of the draw. Sometimes, um, no, I did not get a pumpkin. We we did get some new Halloween decor that we put up. You know, towards the the middle of uh, not towards the beginning of the month really we've got um you know a couple of signs throughout the yard we found these small like skeleton arms that we have coming out of our flower bed oh, as nice. you walk up to the front door of the house so we we added to the the decor this year it's, halloween's you know one of our favorite holidays so we always go all out to decorate for it so See, i didn't want to make the same mistake i did last year i carved the pumpkin too early uh, I don't remember what day Halloween was on last year. Do you remember? Happen to remember what day it was on? I think was it, it would have been on a Sunday? Sunday. Let me let me look real quick. I think it was on a Sunday. So that means I think I uh, carved, yep, it was on a Sunday. Yeah, I carved my pumpkin on Friday, and by Saturday afternoon, it it was pretty much a rotten, melted mess. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm not doing it till I get off work Halloween evening, and uh, I, I'm gonna. So we're recording this a day early. We're recording this on Sunday, and Halloween actual Halloween is tomorrow. Uh, so I'm gonna get off work. I'm gonna come home, eat dinner, and then carve the pumpkin so that it'll be nice and fresh uh, to show the trick or treaters if we get any this year. It'll be good to have a nice chill night for for Halloween. We don't really have trick-or-treaters here which is weird because we have kids in our neighborhood but i've never had any in the you know five years that i've lived in this house yeah we have a bunch of kids we have a bunch of kids here at the apartment complex but they don't really do much trick-or-treating in the apartment complex here like in the neighborhood that's outside of the park like our we're buried at at the back of a, a really nice neighborhood uh up against a um uh a bayou and in the neighborhood, it's like it's kind of middle to upper class and people kind of go all out. We got this one guy in the neighborhood that he has to have spent at least $10,000 on decorations for his yard. It's ridiculous the amount of stuff he has. But there's a lot of decorated yards and stuff. So there's a they do a lot of trick-or-treating in the neighborhood. They just don't come into the apartment complex all that much. We're the only house really that decorates for anything, even with Christmas we're one of, and you've seen the neighborhood I live in. We're like yeah. one of two houses that decorate for Christmas. Well, you are in Florida, so most of your neighbors are probably like a thousand. <laughs> I mean, it is, yeah. Florida is God's waiting room, you know. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but what we decided to do uh, for this year for Halloween, we we like doing the top five list. They seem to be our our most downloaded episodes. And this year we're gonna do top five horror games. So we we sent out the dun, call dun, dun. and uh, got a lot of people uh, gave us their top five lists. But we do this like normal, and uh, we're not going to do news or 
uh, game history tonight. We did get some news tidbits, which ones I do want to talk about next week that uh, Bethany Fox, our community manager over on Discord, sent us uh, an article. Uh, but it was big news this last week about the uh, the voice for Bayonetta. Uh, had, uh, if, if you follow along that story, it's been a huge hubbub on Twitter, and I do want to talk about it. But we're going to save that for next week so we can talk about it a little bit. But tonight, we're just going to dive right in. And we start off with me and Derek doing our top fives, and and Derek starts us off with uh, with his honorable mentions before he dives into the top five. Yeah, so only two honorable mentions for this top five. Two good ones, though. Uh, one is Castlevania, which uh, I reviewed a few weeks ago here on the show. I've played the original off and on over the last few years, ever since we started doing this podcast, but this was when I really got to dive in and really see what the game was all about, liked a lot of aspects of it. I liked the universe that it's set up in controls are pretty good. As I mentioned, you know, using Simon Belmont, it's almost like you're walking through molasses, Yeah, but you get but used to it though. You, you, you get used to it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is what it is, but overall really liked the game. So, it, but it just missed the cut because I didn't grow up with it. You know, some of the games that are above it have a little bit more value to me. And then Ghoul Patrol, which is the sequel to Zombies Ate My Neighbors. I, I still enjoy the game. I like the first one a little bit more, but I'll talk about that in a little bit. I have a bit of shame but, when it comes to that game. I've As much as I love and sing the praises of Zombies Ate My Neighbors, I've never played Ghoul Patrol. You should. I know I yeah, should. That, that I just can... have never gotten around to it. That that can be, you know, when we do Halloween Horror Month next month, that can be a, a revisit. You can True. We can revisit Ghoul Patrol. Yeah. Because I yeah, love... It's, it, I, Zombies Ate My Neighbors did end up on my honorable mentions list. Just wanted to throw that out there. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, Ghoul Patrol is still a good game in its own right. But uh, do you want me it, to go and do my honorable mentions before we jump into the actual top fives? Uh, yeah, we can do, we can do that. Okay, I got four honorable mentions because these games are just too good to ignore. Uh, and one of them is questionable whether or not it's classified as horror, but we'll get there in just a second. At my first honorable mention comes Red Dead Redemption Undead Nightmare. One of the best uh, extra content uh, for uh, a video game that's ever been produced. I remember I played through Red Dead Redemption. I loved that game. It was one of the best games for the Xbox 360. And then they came out with Undead Nightmare. And it just turned that whole game on its head. And just, I had so much fun playing that expansion. I I, I can't sing its praises enough. I wish they would do uh, a remaster of that. I think it would sell really well if they I think did so too. I, I remember when that came out, it, it was almost as popular as yeah. the original game itself. Like that thing blew up like crazy. And it probably made that game sell another million copies at least because just because of that expansion. Cause everyone loves zombies. And uh, coming in after that, we have a game that's been remastered recently, but I still haven't gotten it yet. I want to, but I did play the original on the Xbox 360, Alan Wake. If you've never played Alan Wake, it is a cross between um, like a uh, like a John Carpenter movie and um, 
oh crap, uh, Twin Peaks, like that whole vibe. And it's about a writer that's sort of like a Stephen King type of character. And it's set in the Pacific Northwest, so you're already kind of creepy with that that kind of setting. And it's it's just something you need to play. I, I, I don't want to get too much into it because there's a lot that could be spoiled. But the way the game mechanics work with the flashlight and all that kind of stuff, the use of light in the game is something that's really set it apart. And I, I hope people are taking advantage of the remaster because that game is well worth it. 100%. I've never played Alan Wake. Oh, it's so good. Dude, you, I, you, I want to. I know you would get into it. I really think you would. That's kind of what scares me about it, because I have an addictive personality when it comes to certain games. But it's not that long of a game, though. I mean, I think you can get through it. It's probably, you know, six, seven hours, probably, to get through the whole thing. Okay. And uh, I'll give it a shot. After that is, of course, Castlevania Symphony of the Night for the PS1. I uh, haven't played this in years, but it still does end up there on the honorable mention list for horror games, because it is... It was the beginning of the whole Metroidvania uh, kind of genre. I mean, it just completely is the granddaddy of that genre. And if you've never played it, it is 100% worth the playthrough. It's pretty rough, but it's worth it. Yeah, I still need to play that one as well. I, I, I Horror games are, again, as I mentioned, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I'm still getting into them, so... Hopefully, over the next you know year or so, I can play more and you know ha- have more have more to say about these games. Yeah, but there are some that I like. And then coming in at 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 dead last in the honorable mentions, and I, I don't mean dead last, but the the our reason I put it on here last is because I don't know if you could say it's a horror game, but it's got horror elements because there are jump scares. It's very atmospheric. It's very moody. Is Bioshock. And I, you know, recently played through it again, not too long ago to review it. I played it originally on the Xbox 360. The original Bioshock is still one of the best first person shooters ever made. I haven't played Bioshock in a long, long time. I I, I would classify it maybe like may, horror might not be its primary genre, but it's like horror movies. There are sub genres like you've got yeah. your horror comedies, you've got your you know, horror thrillers. Mm-hmm. So I, I would call it like a subgenre of horror. So I, I personally would count it. I mean, the first time you come up across a big daddy in that game is one of the most terrifying experiences you will ever have in a video game. Yeah. Hands down. Totally agree. But uh, that that's the end of my honorable mentions. And now we can go ahead and do our, our lists. If you would like to go first, sir. Sure. So my number five is a game I reviewed last week, Resident Evil. Really liked the game. Uh, I wish I had conquered my fear of horror (laughs) games when this came out. Otherwise, I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more. But I liked the fact that it was different than really any other game that I played. You know, everything from the storyline to the camera cuts, whereas I mentioned you're almost kind of looking through a security camera, Mm -hmm. which offers a very unique perspective. I like the characters. I like the boss fights. The, the ambient noise really kind of sets the tone and I'm glad they didn't go with like a fully orchestrated soundtrack Mm because that would have taken away from the game in my opinion. So 
Resident Evil, again, much like I was talking about with Castlevania, I didn't grow up with it. So otherwise, it probably would have been a little higher. But it, it does make the cut at my number five. Uh, my number four is Castlevania Circle of the Moon, which is uh, for the Game Boy Advance was actually a launch title for the Game Boy Advance. This Castlevania, I reviewed this, I think, last year mm -hmm. for Halloween Horror Month. It's part of the Castlevania Advance collection that you can get on the Switch. Really like the gameplay. It, it, it takes that core Castlevania concept and really brings it into a more modern feel as far as the controls and everything. The characters move better. The controls are tighter. Storyline is classic Castlevania. It's really like they updated the original game for more modern audiences. So I, I personally really like it. Um, and I think the Castlevania collection and the advanced collection is well worth it to get it on the Switch. Yeah, I, I think you can't go wrong with the uh, the Castlevania collection. You know, or, or any, really any 2D side-scrolling Castlevania game, they're all above average. Mm-hmm. Coming in at my number three is one of the more fun horror games that I played. I reviewed this a couple of years ago, Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem for the GameCube. And what was really cool about this game, one, I couldn't believe it was for the GameCube for the same reasons Resident Evil was for mm -hmm. the GameCube. <laughs> But what I really liked about it is that your character can be affected by the environment. Like you start to hallucinate and you start to you know, go a little crazy. So you have to really be aware of what you're doing and be safe and aware of your environment. The storyline plays out just like a movie. And I, I think it would be really cool if this game were adapted into a movie. It would be one of those that people would look at it and say oh, this is a cool storyline, and then they wouldn't even know it was based off a video game. really surprised so, that they haven't brought this game back as a remaster or, you know, even a new game. I would love to see a remaster, whether it's for the Switch or if it's for, you know, the PlayStation or Xbox. Like, I, I would play a remaster of this game because I think it's that good. And I think we're entering the era of remasters uh, because pretty much every remaster that, that they've put out the last couple of years have done so well. I think that a lot of game companies are going to start reaching back into the well. And and it doesn't even have to be games that were did gangbusters. I mean, as long as you put out a game that was good and, and maybe it didn't get that big of an audience at the time, but it's gained a cult following... You know, games that were later in the life cycle of, you know, say the PS2 or the PS1 or original Xbox or the GameCube, especially. Uh, you go back and there's a lot of games that were really good but just didn't have, you know, that huge audience. But they've gained a, a cult following. Even those games would be good to do remasters of. I think so, too. And this would be one near the top of my list because I think people would really get into the uniqueness of the gameplay. Yeah. And like I said, the storyline is great too. So that's what I look for in a video game is Plus, a compelling storyline. There were a lot of and, games from this era, you know, that weird in between era, that N64 PS one era where there were a lot of good, good games, but the, you know, the, the, they did the graphics look, left a little bit to be desired. Yeah, they looked a little terrible. So they could really do for a makeover and you know modern controls and things like that. Coming in at my number two, 
and this isn't really a horror game, but it includes ghosts. Yeah. So I'm putting it in the category. <laughs> Luigi's Mansion for the GameCube is my number two. Still one of the most underrated games of all time, in my opinion. Yeah, it's short. You can beat it in a couple of hours. But it's fun. <laughs> you get to play as Lu- like Luigi finally gets the spotlight. And what do you do? You put a Ghostbusters style twist on the Mario universe. I've been playing through this game again over the last few days. Still a lot of fun. I it's one of my guilty pleasure games. Like it's one that I can hop in and just instantly, you know, like I can remember what to do. I remember where all the ghosts are. It's really, really fun. And people knock it because of its shortness and the fact that it's, it's almost like a side quest type of game, mm-hmm. but it's really not. And I, I commend Nintendo for doing something different with, you know, a, a popular character. Yeah, and just because a game is, you know, cartoony, cartoonish spookiness doesn't necessarily mean it's not a horror game or, you know, a, a game that you would play for the, the Halloween season. Uh, you know, it's kind of like the it's it's like the Disney horror <laughs> type yeah, stuff. Exactly. Where you know, you go back and you watch those really good old Disney Halloween cartoons. It's kind of like that, like that level of spookiness. Yeah, and it's it's got a cool storyline as well. You know, it's with the 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 twist of fighting Bowser at the end when it was alluded to that Bowser had been killed. Yeah, but it turns out, but spoilers, it turns out to not really be Bowser, but. Hmm. It is what it is. But yeah, Luigi's Mansion is my number two. Number one is Zombies Ate My Neighbors for the Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. One, who doesn't love a good running gun? Oh, yeah. Second of all, the plot is just so silly. <laughs> and everyone loves zombies. And yeah. it's a game that, much like I mentioned with Luigi's Mansion, you can dive right in and you can figure it out pretty easily. This is another one, and I, I feel like this is a recurring theme with what I'm talking about. A Zombies Ate My Neighbors movie in the style of Zombieland <laughs> would be great. I think so, too. That was what drew me to this game in the first place when I was a kid, because I had ne- I, I'm probably seen screenshots of it in various video game magazines, but it was really... I remember going to Blockbuster to, to rent a, a game for the weekend, had the Super Nintendo, and I saw the box art for this game, and it just screamed at me, please play me. And I rented it that weekend, ended, it, ended up loving it so much that I just went and bought it Like the, after I took it back to, to drop it off at Blockbuster. I think I may have went ne- right next door to the Kmart and instantly purchased it. What I like about the cover art is that it looks like something you'd find in the $5 DVD yeah. bin at Walmart. <laughs> But that adds to the charm of it. Exactly. I mean, it's such a a play on those crazy 1950s and 60s horror sci-fi movies. Like they, you know, they were cheaply produced and weren't very good, but there there was something special about them. And this game just really took that and ran with it. Oh, 100% agree. And I think you could technically. You could technically say that this game is a dungeon crawler. Yeah. Because you kill I, enemies, I you don't get loot, you, you're, you're mm-hmm. rescuing town people, and it's that three-quarter you know that three quarter overhead Zelda-style view. I think you could cl- te- technically classify this game as a dungeon crawler. I would say so. 
But yeah, that's a, that's, yeah, a that's my one. top five. Uh, coming in at number five on my list is a game for the Xbox 360. And this is a game that needs to have a remaster because this game was so good when it came out, but it did not do that well. And it has gained a cult following over the last decade or so is condemned for the Xbox 360. And if you never played this game, it is sort of, uh, it's a first person, not really a shooter, but you play a, uh, an investigator and you're investigating, uh, you know, murders and stuff. And you're, you're using all this equipment to, you know, figure out what, what's going on with the story as it unfolds. And then as you get further and further into the game, stranger and stranger things start to happen. There's some creepy stuff that happens in this game. Like there's a whole part where you're in a, a broken down department store and there are mannequins that move and chase you <laughs> throughout the store. And there's a jump. There's one particular jump scare in this game that I almost ruined my TV over. There's a part where you're, I don't think you're, you're I think you're going into the sewers, but you're kind of going through this underground tunnel area and you're going down further and you come across, you can do things like check in lockers and things like that. Well, you come across this thing of, of lockers and normally well, you can open up the lockers and get things like health packs and things like that. But this one particular time I opened up the locker and a, a zombie lady lunged out at me and I was not expecting it. And I screamed and threw my controller at the TV <laughs> and I had to save the game, stop it, and go sit in the living room and watch cartoons for a few hours. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever been so scared of a game that I've thrown my controller at the TV. That that must have been like some some pretty heavy emotional trauma. It's one of those games that's it's really tense. Like it just ramps up the tension. And then when that happened, I just I lost it and just threw the controller completely uh, independent of any thought. It's just as soon as that happened, I threw the controller without even thinking about it because I was playing it in the dark, like in the middle of the night. <laughs> and, and when that happened, I was like, I'm done. I got to go watch some Looney Tunes or something. Looney Tunes, some Animaniacs, like every single Every single family-friendly cartoon you can think yeah. of. Uh, coming in at number four, of course, is Zombies Ate My Neighbors. I never played the Sega Genesis version, played that Super Nintendo version, owned it. Wish I still had my copy. I wish I still had um, the, the box for it. And because, I mean, just the box copy of that game is worth so much these days. Because, of course, it was one of those games that wasn't that popular, so they didn't make that many copies of it. So if you have a complete in-box copy of Zombies Ate My Neighbors, you've got something expensive on your hands. But that game is so good. We, you know, we already talked about it. If you love kind of that just weird, uh, wacky, horror sci-fi stuff, that it, which is and it's sort of like a dungeon crawler, I think if you've never played it, you'll really enjoy it. Yeah, it's a game you can just dive right in and figure it out pretty quickly, and you'll have a lot of fun with it. Coming in at number three, another game that scared the crap out of me because it is so atmospheric. And talking about uh, Resident Evil with no soundtrack, 
this is another game that relies on ambient sounds, um, uh, quiet moments, tense moments, just the the sound of your environment. Dead Space. I've been wanting to play this game. If you've never played Dead Space, I'm going to tell you, you need to prepare yourself because this game is, it's, it's intense. So I should turn every single light in the house on? Yes, <laughs> I would. <laughs> it's one of those cool games, and the reason I think that, because you don't use, the weapons that you're using are like tools, basically, because you're, you work in space and like you work on ships and things like that. So the, the, the weapons you're using are actually tools and you have your, your health meter is actually this, uh, thing on your spine. So there's no HUD or anything like that. There's nothing to get in the way of the environment that you're seeing. And it's, it's something else. I, I would love to dive back into it. I, I wish they would do another. I think they're doing some more Dead Space games, honestly. Hmm. I think you'll enjoy it. If I have every light in the house on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in at number two is, of course, Castlevania for the NES. It is the original you know, side-scrolling horror game. It is... You play as Simon Belmont. You take on all the famous monsters. Dracula, Frankenstein, the mummy, uh, Medusa. How can you not love this game and everything that it is? From the music to the to the atmosphere, it is one of the top 10 best NES games there ever was made. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, how get 20, 20, how get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those just iconic, not just horror games, but video games in general. And there's the concept of it is just so cool. Like you said, you get to fight all the classic movie monsters. Who who doesn't love that? And it's frustrating. It is definitely a frustrating game, but it's not the type of game that you will give up. Like you just want to keep going and try to do better the next time because it, there is unlimited continues you know you do kind of start it's not punishing to where it sends you like all the way back to the beginning of a level when you die you just wherever you die you start back over you know at that wherever level you're on so it's not overly punishing but it is pretty tough and it takes years to learn 
how to uh, how to defeat that game. But I highly suggest if you've never played the original Castlevania, do like me and Derek say, go get the Castlevania collections. Yeah, because then you can play all of them. All of them. And who could have guessed my number one is, I, oh, I didn't write here, but it is Resident Evil 2. Resident Evil 2. Resident Evil 2. My favorite game on the, the N64. I played it so many times. It's ridiculous. I played the remake as soon as it came out in 2019. One of the most perfect horror games ever constructed in, in history. This game is so good. If you've never played it, I cannot recommend Resident Evil 2 enough, especially the remake. You just have to experience it. It's well worth whatever it costs because you basically get two games in one. You play as Leon and Claire, and there's two storylines going on at the exact same time, and and both storylines kind of affect each other, and one of the most epic endings to any video game. Just go get it. Go play it. Perfect for Halloween. It's going to be one that I review for Halloween next year. You have to. For sure. It's, it's going to so happen. Good. And uh, before we go into your top five horror games, we have patrons. And Derek does our shout outs. As always, we like to shout out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout out Daniel Salmon, Tyler Watson, Axblade07, Armez Jackson, Carlos Longoria, a.k.a. I am the Rampage, Rampage. Staff Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Mike Eveland, Jack Eveland, Joey Image, and Donna Diamond. Mama thank you Diamond. all so much. Mama <laughs> Diamond, yes, for sure. Uh, yeah, thank you as always for helping keep the lights on for us here at the show. And if you want to be a part of our awesome Patreon community, you get early access to our fun commentary tracks, which we've done a huge variety of those throughout the years. Anything from full movies like Transformers the movie, Clue, Christmas Vacation, uh, animated shows like Gargoyles, Darkwing Duck, DuckTales, Sonic the Hedgehog. We've done live a lot action of shows like tracks. We we have I I'd be curious to go through and like list all of them. We've done that at we've least done. probably 30, I'd say at least. Yeah, it's we've done a lot. I'd be curious about the ratio from, you know, movies to cartoons to mm-hmm. I know we haven't done a lot of live action shows. So that that might be something we need to rectify. But regardless of what we do, we have such a fun time doing those commentary tracks and you also get access to the exclusive nerd cave retro news dump show that you and wally host when mm-hmm. uh big news stories comes out i know we've got a little bit of a lull when it comes to huge gaming news right now for the most part but yeah. wherever big stories come out you guys just hop out and pop out another one of those mm-hmm. episodes yeah they don't take much to produce but we're just waiting on some nice juicy yeah. news to drop yeah, for sure. So if you want to be a part of our awesome Patreon community, get early access and exclusive access to those, just head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And for new patrons, be sure to send us your social media info, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, so we can give you a proper shout out. Are you a coffee lover? Do you sometimes need that little extra boost for some all-night gaming sessions? 
or you should head over to brezcoffeeco.com. They have so many different flavors of coffee, doesn't matter what type of coffee you like, they got you covered. Try the Good For Gaming Roast, or the Two Hardies One Ship, which is a rum and dark chocolate flavored roast. Not to mention, they keep their seasonal flavors all year long, like the Fall Spice or the Sweet Tooth. They can even add flavors to your coffee. So whatever you need, head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use the code NCR for 10% off of your order. And up first, we have our good friend Armez Jackson with his list, who, who likes to send us lots of news articles and has made my life significantly easier over the last few years since he's jumped on board. Uh, he sent us his list. He says, tough list, but I'm glad I haven't thought about some of these uh, in a long while. And his honorable mentions up first is Chiller for the arcade. Did you ever play Chiller in the arcade? Mm-mm. I did not. It is a light gun game uh, in the arcade, and you basically kill torture victims <laughs> in dungeons, and it's a pretty crazy game. Uh, they, I think they did an unlicensed NES port for it, but it is not very good. I would suggest if you ever try to play this, try to find an arcade version of Chiller. I feel like that's the case more often than not when it comes to arcade games. Uh, next is Alien Isolation for the Xbox 360. I still haven't played that yet. I've almost pulled the trigger a few times um, on a copy of this game because I've seen some Twitch uh, streams of this game, and it looks pretty uh, jump-scary. Yeah, I've seen a little bit of gameplay of it, and yeah, I would say I agree. And up next is Splatterhouse for the arcade. I never played the arcade version of this game, only the uh, the TurboGrafx-16 version, which I did enjoy, and I did for Halloween Horror Month. I think in 2020 I did. Not not last that, Halloween, but the Halloween before I think I did Splatterhouse. That that, that sounds right. I will, uh, I'll confirm. And uh, then the last up on his honorable mentions is Friday the 13th for the NES, which I will say that that game's... Uh, not great, but I have always said this about that game is that there's a good game in there. They just did not have the technology to pull it off the way they sh- they could have at the time. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. You know, it, this it could have been a, a really good game. I still think if you made a, a Friday the 13th game, you could make it into something really cool if, if if done properly. If they could do a proper remaster of that particular game, but make it a little easier to navigate the game, like where you're supposed to go, where you're supposed to do, make the weapons a little better. I think if you were to do like an updated version of that particular game, I think it could work. Because like I said, there's yeah. a good game buried in there. It was just bad technology. They didn't have the technology to pull it off. Yeah. I agree. And you did review Splatterhouse in 2020. Okay, yeah, yeah. FYI. Yeah. And uh, for his official list, at number five, oh, we have another one. Condemned for the Xbox 360. He knows what he's talking about. Uh, number four, Dead Space. Number three, Resident Evil 2. Number two, Shadowgate. I can't believe I forgot to put Shadowgate on my list. That should have been on honorable mentions. That's the thing about these top five lists is that like you think you've got your list down and then you read everybody else's and you're like, man, 
why that should have made the cut or at least made the honorable mentions that that right i'm retroactively putting that on my honorable mention list like that game i did a review of it a few years ago it's one of my favorite nes games it is so good and atmospheric and to be a point and click adventure on the nes it was done very very well and i highly suggest that that is a game you should play in the month of october and for our number one, I almost put Silent Hill 2 on my list, but I, I, I couldn't even get through the game. <laughs> but, so it, but for him, it's silent, the original Silent Hill for PS1. I never played the original Silent Hill, only Silent Hill 2. Yeah, I haven't played the original Silent Hill either. I, I want to. I enjoyed the movie. So I have to see if how the how the game is. We'll have to see how that remaster is of Silent Hill Two is as well. I don't know if I'll be able to yeah. get through that one either. Yeah. Let's see. Next up, we have, of course, I am the Rampage. Rampage. So you know how on Cameo you can do like little messages from celebrities. Yeah. If, if Michael Buffer is on Cameo, we should get him to do than intro to for rampage <laughs> that would be amazing that'd be cool yeah uh, his honorable mentions are uh super castlevania 4 which oh, nice. uh, yeah. i reviewed for, for uh halloween horror month a couple of years ago ridiculously hard to me but i still enjoy the game yeah um that that was kind of my first real foray into the castlevania world was playing that game that's a, but that's I, a hard I, I, game to I, jump into <laughs> as your first castlevania game yeah I, I like to dive right in sometimes uh let's see dead island is on his honorable mentions as that's well a good one. um until dawn this is a game i've been wanting to play i just haven't pulled the trigger on buying it yet and then his last one uh, for honorable mentions is bloodborne Moving I into Bloodborne. I don't remember Bloodborne. Yeah, I I can't say that I do either. His number five is Splatterhouse, which we just talked about. Uh, number four is Doom, which I'm I'm surprised that hasn't been mentioned yet because like that that has horror elements to it. Oh yeah, this is a PS3 game, I believe. It came out in 2015. Bloodborne. I remember I remember seeing the the cover for this game. I never played it though. Uh, number three, The Last of Us. I should have put that in my honorable mentions. I really like Last of Us. Uh, I it's haven't, got a, haven't played it yet. It's got a really good storyline. I think you would get into it. And I, I want to go back and play it uh, before the show comes out. Mm. The show looks really good. Uh, let's see. Number two is Dino Crisis 2, which I don't believe I have played that one. I don't think I have either. I do remember the Dino Crisis 1. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that one. I'd, I've never played either one. And then number one is Resident Evil 7, <laughs> which he mentioned in the chat last week. Resident Evil 7 is great, but it's gross. It is a disgusting game. <laughs> yeah, I I haven't played it yet, so I can't really comment. If you do, just know going into it, you're going to feel like stuff's crawling on you. While you're playing that game. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and next up, we have Bethany Fox, our community manager over on Discord, 
who we love very, very, very much and can't thank him enough for everything he does for this show. And uh, he says he doesn't play horror games, but the one he likes are... No, at number, uh, at, see, at number one, he has Alien Isolation. Uh, number two, The Evil Within. Number three, At Dead of Night. Number four, Among the Sleep. And five, Soma. I, I don't think I've played any of these. <laughs> I don't think I have either. But it's, more stuff for us to look up and potentially play. Yeah, I know. I mean, these it's, they sound cool. I've just never played them. I guess I, I missed a few few games here and there. And for his honorable mentions, he says, our, uh, Emily wants to play SCP-087-B in the park. I've never heard of that. He says, I've watched gameplay of all these games from start to finish, and they're really good games. One through five are very atmospheric and are extremely good. I have never heard of these. I've heard of Emily wants to play. I haven't heard of the other ones, though. Emily wants to play. That sounds vaguely familiar. I don't remember that much about it. I recognize the name, but I couldn't really tell you anything about it beyond that. Hmm. I have to check that out. I, I It sounds familiar. I'm just going to have to go look it up. From Mr. Joey Image, his honorable mentions are Until Dawn, uh, Fear, Amnesia, or is it is it Fear is one, and then Amnesia, Dark Descent, or is uh, that one game? I'm not... Sure. Until Dawn, uh, Fear, F-E-A-R. I think that might be one game. Fear, as I know, I've heard of Amnesia, Dark Descent. I don't know if that's Fear, though. Yeah, it's Fear, Fear, Amnesia, The Dark Descent. Okay, I had some uh, trouble copy and pasting this stuff out of Discord, and it made it really weird in Google Docs, so I apologize for the way these ran in here. Okay. So fear, fear is its own game, and then amnesia, dark descent. Okay, yeah, is another game. Okay, and then uh, the seventh guest, which you've talked about on the show in the past, it's another one that should have ended up on my list. I love the seventh guest so much. I have so much nostalgia for that game. I'm gonna read his list backwards because his yeah. number five <laughs> cracks me up. Uh, Resident Evil Village. Friday the 13th, specifically the Commodore 64 version. He notes that it's an <laughs> awful game. Silent Hill, The Last of Us, and his number five, he says, if The Last of Us can be on a horror list, so can this. Day's Gone. Oh, of course Day's Gone is going to be his favorite. He's on what, like his 10th playthrough at this point of that game? Uh... I I love that. That makes me happy. And that probably should have ended up on my list too, because Days Gone really is a really good game. If you've never played it, I suggest getting a copy of it and playing it because it is a cut above the rest. Whenever I do play it and want to review it, we should bring Joey on and we just do a Days Gone like huge discussion. I think we should because there's there's points in that game where you can get in trouble very easily because you're going after, uh, they're not zombies. They're more kind of like rage virus type zombies. And you can get overwhelmed very easily because you're going, they travel in packs, which called hordes of like hundreds of them. And if you're not careful and 
you have to be very strategic in the game because you will get your ass kicked in this game if you're not careful when you're when you're taking on these zombies. Well, they're not zombies. They're they're freakers, what they call them, freakers. I'll have to keep that in mind when I play it. Yeah, cuz you, you I will actually, eventually. Because you in the game you can you can make things like Molotov cocktails, uh like these uh bigger like where you get like you know those old like uh, like moonshine jugs, <laughs> things like that. You can make Molotov cocktails out of those, and you have to be very strategic. When, when, and basically, when I play this game, I just trail around in a giant circle, uh, throwing Molotov cocktails and grenades into the hordes of zombies, and try to run past like propane tanks and things of that nature, and gas trucks to try to take out as many as I can. Because there are certain times in this game where you have to do things in a, you know, an abandoned town, but there's, you know, a horde of like a thousand freakers that you have to take care of before you can do what you need to do, and it is horrifying. <laughs> the, but it's fun, and I, I can't stress enough how cool that game really is. I can't wait to play it whenever I get the chance to. And last but not least, we have Mr. Tyler Watson, the fact checker to the fact checker himself. He says, I'm a bit of a wuss, so I haven't played a lot of horror games. And at number five, he has Doom for the PC, which, yes, Doom is always welcome on any horror game list. Doom is the original Mac Daddy of hell, uh, going through, literally going through hell. In a first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. And at number four, Luigi's Mansion for the GameCube. Uh, he's he's yep. going after your list there, Derek. Yep. No, I love Luigi's Mansion. At number three, the Darkstalkers series. I do not remember Darkstalkers. Do you? I don't either, no. Let me look this up real quick, because uh, it sounds familiar. Darkstalkers. I do like the name, though. Darkstalkers, Wikipedia... Um, it looks like, is this a, yeah, this is, uh, they have it back, it goes all the way back to the PlayStation. Uh, looks like a very Japanese, um, uh, anime-inspired, uh, vampire-type thing, which looks, it looks kind of awesome, actually. That's cool. I like it. Might have to check that out. Uh, and of course, number two, Super Castlevania Four for the Super Nintendo, um, which is basically we, you reviewed it. It's basically a, a remake of the first game for the NES, but given a, a definite uh, upgrade. But it's also very, very, very hard. Yes, not Super Ghouls and Ghosts level. Yeah. <laughs> I still I prefer Super Castlevania 4 to Super Ghouls and Ghosts. I'm surprised nobody put Super Ghouls and Ghosts on there uh, or any ghoul, uh, Ghosts and Goblins or Ghouls and Ghosts on their list. That game scarred too many people to make any list. Well, it's one of those games that like number 1 it's way too hard because it's basically meant to be a quarter muncher that game. And then mm-hmm. you get through the game, you finish it and that's not the end. You have to go through the whole thing again to get the true ending of the game. That in itself is horrifying. 
because every gamer wants to do that exactly. after they beat the game. They want to go through the whole thing yeah. again to imagine, actually beat it. Imagine if you played uh, Skyrim, <laughs> which like 200 hours people put in. What if you got to the end and it was like, this is not the end. Your quest has just begun and you have to go through the game again. There'd be a lot of broken TVs <laughs> around the country. <laughs> that would suck. Yeah. And including his, one of mine his number one Resident Evil director's cut for the PS1. Uh, very good version of that game. I'm not sure if the director's cut is um, if they did a, when they did the remake, the 2002 remake, did they do a remake of the director's cut of the game? Because I know there's several different versions of the original Resident Evil. I'm not sure. Let me look that up. I know there were some where you could play, you could start out at the beginning playing either Chris or uh, Jill, and then there's other versions of the game where you start out as Jill, but you kind of cross back and forth between her and uh, and Chris, but I don't remember which version is what. Uh, Resident Evil Director's Cut for the PlayStation Store. Uh, da, 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 da. It see. seems like they're two different versions. Um, no, that doesn't really say. I I don't know. Yeah, I know there's several different versions of this game, but I think whatever version you get, you're gonna like it. But my personal recommendation is the 2002 remake for the GameCube. Agreed. Uh, and then he has, for his honorable mentions, Ghostbusters 2009. Very good game. Forgot about that one. One of the best um, adaptations, or as far as like using an existing property and adapting it to a game, one of the best. Uh, of course, uh, Monster Party for the NES. That's another game I really want to review here soon. I never got to play Monster Party, and and from what I hear, it's it's one of the those rare... Uh, really good uh, undiscovered gems of the, the Nintendo era. Mm-hmm. And then Monster Bash, which is a pinball machine. I don't think I ever played Monster Bash. This is our first pinball game on the list. I, I do like a good game of pinball. I do too. Have you played the Stranger Things pinball? I didn't know that existed. It exists, and I've played it numerous times at one of the uh, the bars here on the coast. Okay. I'll have to, there is a, a retro gaming store, or not store, but a retro arcade here in town now that opened a couple of months ago. I still haven't gone to it yet, but it'd be really cool if they had that. There's a lot of cool uh, horror-themed pinball games. Of course, you got Stranger Things now, which is a very good pinball game. You got things like The Addams Family, which is a highly sought-after pinball mm -hmm. uh, machine. Um, you got The Twilight Zone. Of course, Elvira had her own machine. If you're into horror and you like pinball, there's a lot of uh, stuff you could really get into if you want. If you have money, just burning a hole in your pocket, and you want to collect arcade machines, that's that's where. If I had the money, I would have a whole like basement full of arcade horror themed arcade machine uh, pinball machines. That'd be cool. I'd love to have a pinball machine. Yeah, especially my, the my dream one day zone. is to yeah. 
my dream one day is to have in my house a working arcade cabinet of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> and some kind of pinball machine. If you could get, what would be your main pinball machine you would want to go for? Mm, probably Adam's Family. I remember playing that one growing up, so that's kind of the one that sticks out to me. I think I would do that. I, I think I would either get either go for the Adams Family or the Twilight Zone or the old Kiss machine. Oh, the Kiss one's really cool, yeah, too. Yeah, Kiss is cool. Um, yeah. But that's for when I make millions, which, you know, we need to we need to bump up those Patreon numbers if we want to get there. Just swim in the money. <laughs> but that brings us to the end of this Halloween episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. And uh, thank you guys so much for, for sending us those top five lists. What do you think? No, I love it. I always love the top five list. You know, it, I always said it makes for great discussion because you can read... You know, other people's lists and they make you think of games that you completely forgot about mm -hmm. or that you've never heard of and that leads to you playing them and you might end up really liking it so it's a good way to to learn about new things because i was so really I, I always enjoy the top five you know thinking about it this week and going over my list you know i do a lot of this just you know i don't really look up what games i have i just kind of go what's in my head you know and i'm like what have i played like you know, it's a horror-themed game, and, like, of course, my, I immediately go to, like, Resident Evil 2 and Dead Space and stuff like that. But there's a lot of stuff you just forget about, and you're like, man, I've played a lot of horror-themed games. And that's why I like to have, you know, our listeners send in lists, because it just, like you said, it just brings up stuff that you're like, holy crap, why, why did I not put that on my list? Yeah, and it makes you go back and think, have you played a lot of this type of game or have you not? You know, with some other top fives, I'm like, I don't know how to narrow it down yeah. because there are so <laughs> many of these types of games that I played. But there's so many good horror-themed games out there. Uh, you shouldn't have any trouble uh, finding a good horror-themed game to play, no matter what your system of choice is. I mean, even going back to the Atari 2600, I mean, they had... Of course, that the game Haunted House. Uh, they had they they made a, um, a Texas Chainsaw Massacre game for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. So that's how far back it goes for horror themed games. Mm hmm. But yeah, that's uh, that brings us to the end of the episode. And uh, thank you guys for hanging out with us. And Derek, is there anything else we need to cover before we leave here this evening? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I did make some new uh, social media pages to, dedicated solely to to my film work. Uh, it's on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at D Diamond Film. So if you want to go follow me there, I'm going to be posting stuff about, you know, kind of not necessarily blogs, but I'm going to do a little bit of writing as far as like what I've learned as a filmmaker over the last two movies I've done. Um, post some behind the scenes photos. Um, hope to have a trailer for the feature within the next couple of weeks. So awesome. maybe by the time we hit um, episode 300 of this show, which is in just a couple of weeks, maybe that same week I'll roll out the trailer three weeks and we'll be at yep, 300. Three... <laughs> have, have you ever had a podcast at 300 episodes Dude, before? I've never had a one? podcast go past 200. <laughs> this was the only one. Really? I, I th thought the, 
not pop culture palette, but the one with you and Wally that didn't make it. No, to that one made it. I think eighty five episodes. Uh, oh pop wow! Culture palette I think stopped around one sixty, one sixty five, somewhere around. Uh, okay, one seventy two. I think it, it ended or somewhere around there. Never made it past two hundred. We're about to smoke past three hundred on this show. It's crazy. We'll have to to pop open a drink after the show's over. Yeah, <laughs> have a virtual toast. Um, it is that time of the year. Go follow at Help the Monsters on Twitter, and that will bring you uh, the, to uh, very easily take you to YouTube to watch Monsters Anonymous for Halloween. It's the perfect Halloween movie. So go follow them. Follow us at Help the Monsters on Twitter. Go follow. Go like it on uh, face on YouTube and share it with everybody you know. And so we can bump those numbers up and maybe just maybe one of these days we might get to make a full length or a sequel. You never know. You never know what could happen. You mean the award winning yeah. Monsters Anonymous. The multi award winning, the Cannes yeah. Short Film Festival winner, Monsters Anonymous. Go check it out over on YouTube. And uh, of course, uh, you, my other podcast, Open Micers, at Open Micers, our Halloween episode is dropping the same time this episode is dropping, so go check it out. Our, our Halloween spoopy spectacular is dropping, and uh, we talk all about how I like old man candy. <laughs> so that's going to be over there, at Open Micers, on Twitter and Instagram. And is that everything? We're walking out the door. I think we're done. Let's get out of here. If you want to email us, email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Of course, nerdcaveretro.com takes you straight to our link tree. That'll take you to our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and of course, our merch page at ncrmerch.com, where you can go get t-shirts, mugs, bags, anything you need, coffee, coffee mugs, everything, ncrmerch.com. And of course, patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro, where as little as a dollar a month helps support the show and keeps us doing those commentary tracks every single month. And if you can't, I understand times are tough. Leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. So Derek, please tell them what it's all about. Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween! Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.